You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. Well, it's a privilege this morning uh, to to jump back into our Summer in the Psalms series. If you've been with us this summer, maybe you've enjoyed this uh, as much as I have. It's been a a wonderful time, and we're not done yet, Um, but I have loved uh, our Summer in the Psalms. And if if you haven't been with us throughout the summer, um, hopefully you'll appreciate it today and... Some of you I know have been doing our Summer in the Psalms reading series at home, but if you haven't, there's still uh, some things available, some packets available in the back. You can grab those and you can kind of make that the sort of still in the Psalms after summer reading series if you'd like. Go ahead and grab one of those. This morning... We're going to look at Psalm 92. Psalm 92, uh, if you've got headings in your Bible, it's sometimes, it's it's listed, the the Hebrew words there are listed for the Sabbath day, a song for the Sabbath day. And and Sabbath in in today's Hebrew culture is typically Saturday, but, but most of us, evidenced by your presence here this morning, most of us have set Sunday aside as our Sabbath, as a way to both honor a Sabbath day, but also to celebrate the resurrected Christ. And so I call this, I've, I've called this message a, a, a Sunday psalm, a psalm for the Sabbath. Let's take a look at Psalm 92. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds. Lord, I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound are your thoughts. Senseless people do not know and fools do not understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries and my ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no wickedness in him. 
Father God, these are your words. Remind us of their truth and shape us by the power of your holy word this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Excuse me. In this psalm, this psalm is, as, as a Sunday psalm, this psalm is all about worship. It's about the value of worship and it's about the focus of our worship. And as we took a look at the first few verses today, when, when Cindy was talking about them, it starts by telling us, reminding us, worship is good. Cindy reminds us, well, worship's not, it's good. Worship is good. And it also reminds us that worship, stay with me on this, in in kind of a strange way, it also reminds us that worship happens in the everyday. Kind of in the common. How do I know that? Well, because the psalmist says, we worship him with the ten-stringed lyre and the harp. Any 10-stringed lyre players in the congregation? No. I don't know we have it. I don't know if if you can even find a 10-stringed lyre anywhere. But it was a common instrument of the day. As common probably as our guitar might be. And the harp wasn't the big harps like, um, like we see played in an orchestra uh, in, in our present day, but they would have been a smaller kind of a handheld portable harp like David the shepherd would have played, one that you could carry around with you. Those were the common instruments of the day. Those are the instruments when people got together and somebody was going to play music. They're the instruments they played. It would be the present day equivalent of saying, we, we praise the Lord with, with guitars and keyboards. It's the common It's the everyday. Worship is good. And worship is a part of our common everyday experience, maybe even. And then it goes on to say we worship, the focus of our worship is God's, this is verse two, the focus of our worship is God's love and his faithfulness. It's his love and his faithful acts, how much he loves us and what he does. That's the focus of our worship, his love and what he does. And the psalmist goes on to use what now we've seen or you've maybe seen as a pattern in multiple psalms. He lays out two images A couple of weeks ago, we were looking at Psalm 1, and we had two paths, right? And this is a similar kind of of piece of literature in that it lays out two images, images of the wicked and the righteous. What does it say about the wicked? Well, surprisingly, it says, the wicked are like grass, They spring up and flourish. Give you a confession. I like 
grass. I do. I, now, the psalmist would not be familiar with our nicely manicured sod lawns, right? Grass for the psalmist was pasture. We just sang about how good are God's pastures, but don't you just love a beautiful, lush, green lawn? I'm almost never the first one in my neighborhood to mow the lawn. I've lived in several neighborhoods. I've never been the first one very often to mow my lawn. But if you're like me, maybe you are. Do do you love that first time you smell fresh cut grass? Some people have hay fever and they go, no thanks. But for me, that's like, ah, that's fantastic. I, I, I have actually done this and I want to do it more, but I usually don't have time. I get that whiff of fresh cut grass in the spring. I have actually pulled over to the curb, parked the vehicle, rolled down the window and just sat for a while, for a few minutes where I could smell fresh cut grass. And I love the feel of a well manicured lawn. It's the only time I'll go barefoot. I'm not, I, I'm not a barefoot person. I'd never want to be caught on a street where there's tiny pebbles barefoot because I'm, I'm a wimp when it comes to my feet. But fresh cut lawn is a different thing. Nice sod, oh, it's fantastic. And that color of green you get in the spring. It's beautiful. And, and the psalmist says the wicked are like grass. And I kind of, kind of jealous of grass. It springs up and it turns green and it's, and it's beautiful in the spring and I want to flourish. I mowed my lawn this week. I didn't mow my lawn last week because it didn't need it. I mowed my lawn this week and I never once stopped, like I've sometimes done in May, I've never, I never once this week stopped and went, ah, I love the smell of fresh cut grass. You know why? Because grass in August or September or October doesn't have that same beautiful fresh cut smell. Because about half of my lawn didn't need mowing. You know why? Because it's brown. It's not dead. It'll come back next spring, but it looks like it. There were points I went, have I mowed this or what? Because it didn't matter. The psalmist says, the foolish or Some translators use the word stupid. They forget. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. The senseless or the stupid and the fools, they think April grass lasts forever. That beautiful mid-June lush lawn 
doesn't stay lush because by October, it's done. It doesn't last. Have you ever been jealous of somebody flourishing when it just doesn't seem like they deserve it? It doesn't last. It's like grass. It springs up. It looks pretty good. Maybe it looks fantastic for a time. October grass doesn't look that way. And the senseless or the stupid and the foolish, forget that. The other image is the image of the righteous. The righteous are like palm trees and the cedars of Lebanon. Have you been in the desert? The desert in the spring, sometimes you see grass and sometimes there's some wildflowers, kind of sporadic, maybe some sage or something. But in the, in the fall, it, later in the year, after the grass has died, the palm trees, if you look up, the green you find, the surest place to find green in the desert is in the palm trees because they flourish when the grass is dead. And the cedars of Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon would have been recognized by that group as the kind of the premier resource. It was the wood of the rich. If you could afford cedar from Lebanon, you were not scrounging for your last penny. In fact, it was what they used to build the temple. Why? Because the cedar lasted. Some of you, probably even last night, you sat out on the deck or on the lawn on a cedar deck or on cedar furniture because cedar stands the test of time. Cedar lasts. The righteous are like palm trees and like the cedars of Lebanon when the grass that flourished once is dead, they last. They, are, they remain, the psalmist says, fresh and green. You like that? They bear fruit in their old age. That becomes a nicer and nicer promise to me the older I get. So we have these two images, the wicked and the righteous, right? And inherent in reading a psalm like this, like we looked at a couple of weeks ago in Psalm 1, inherent in looking at this psalm is, which one am I? I don't want to be the wicked that forgets and dies like October grass. I don't want to be that, but... But it's a dangerous question and, and it's difficult because while on the one hand I want to not be the wicked, 
I don't want to be in that category. And I don't think you do either. Right? Because, let's be honest, we know some wicked people. And, and we're not like them, right? I mean, we know some wicked people and boy, thankfully, I'm better than that. You're better than that, right? We're not, we're not so stupid and foolish as to forget, right? And, and I'll bet everybody in here would say, um, I'm better than I used to be, right? A year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, you came across some stuff that you went, ah, that's, I don't want to be like that. And you're not like that anymore, right? And, and I don't want to be with the wicked, I'm not sure I belong with the wicked. I, I maybe used to be, or I was more like that, but this, this question of which one am I, the wicked or the righteous, is, well, it's difficult. Because sometimes when I'm at home, I look in the mirror And, and I realize that while I want to be with the righteous, I'm not so sure I belong there. Let's look at what Scripture says. In Romans chapter 3, Paul uses some language that's similar to what we read in Psalm 14. In Romans chapter 3, Paul says, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one, not even me. Later on in that same chapter, he simply says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when I look in the mirror, I know it's true. It's true because I can't even live up to my own standards. Right? Every once in a while, I catch, often I catch myself saying to myself, I, I know better than that. Oh, I have to stop doing that. I can't even live up to my own standards. I do fall short of the glory of God, and no matter how much I, wanted to be, how much I want to be counted among the righteous, I fall short. No matter how much I want to distance myself from the wicked, I am among those who cannot, who do not do what is right. 
the prophet Isaiah. Uh, by the way, in case you think this is a new phenomenon, a 21st century American phenomenon, Isaiah the prophet says it like this, all of our righteous deeds are like filthy rags, like a polluted garment. So any attempt to put ourselves in this image of the righteous ends up with us falling in with the wicked just the same. But, but God's word also tells us that in Christ, we are clothed with his righteousness. So even though I in myself am counted among the right, among the wicked, God puts on me Christ's righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, and take a look at this. I, I, you've heard this before, but let it sink in. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God's love for us is so deep that in Christ he forgives us of our wickedness and then offers us Christ's righteousness so that we're not found with the wicked. So that we're not found with the stupid and the foolish who forget what October grass turns into. I grew up with this phrase, and you guys have maybe heard it too, this phrase, there but for the grace of God am I. And I look at these two pictures and I go, I belong with the wicked, but for the grace of God, I'd be stuck there. But because of the grace of God, I can be counted among the righteous. I read the wicked and there but for the grace of God go I, but, but because of Christ, I am counted among the righteous. We keep coming back to verses one and two. It's good to give praise to the Lord and to make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. It is good to praise God because of his love and faithfulness. And because of that, because of his love for you and what he has done, all of us who are in Christ, who trust Christ, will not be destroyed with the wicked. We will not be found like October grass but we will flourish 
in the courts of God. And that's why it's good to praise him. That's why it's good to be here this morning and to worship. That's why it's good to lift his name up. That's why we worship him. It's good because we praise him because his love and faithfulness, because his love and faithfulness extends to me and to you, because his love and faithfulness saves you and me. That's why it's good to praise him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that your love and your faithfulness extends to us. Thank you that you save us. Thank you. Thank you that we're not left to be just October grass. Thank you that though we deserve to be counted with the wicked, you clothe us with your righteousness. Oh Lord, we recognize that we're in a desperate situation without your grace. Thank you for your grace that saves us. Thank you for your death that purchased our forgiveness. Thank you for your robe of righteousness that covers me and my foolishness and my stupidity. We praise you, Lord, because you love us and because of all that you have done for us. We're grateful and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or streaming this content today. We at Triumph pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again and may the Lord bless you.